I've been praying for the non-believers. All my neighbors thinking I will leave her. Awful eager to vote for all deceivers. They don't care what the creator prefers. They don't believe in walking up to Peter. They don't believe in God, Jesus either. Go from breeders and the instant reapers. Listen to the tweeters, the twisted leaders, misdemeanors. Then you go for Hello and welcome to Be Vigilant. I'm Becky. I'll be your host today. And today the show is brought to you by Valerie M., one of our loyal listeners. She's always good at supporting us online and financially. So thank you again, Valerie. Today with me have my friend Candice. Hello. And uh, we're just going to talk a little bit about the foster care system and her experience with that. So, Candice, why don't you tell us um, who you are, where you're from, and, well, you don't have to tell us where, we're, where you're from. That doesn't really matter. Yeah, that's really a long story, so <laughs> I don't think we want to get into that. That would take the whole show. <laughs> so, but why don't you tell us um, what got you into the foster care world and your experience, and just kind of let us let us know how that's treated you. All right, so I would say probably about... Eight years ago, maybe nine, somewhere in there, Caleb and I, uh, my husband and I decided that um, we wanted to do something to just to, to help out kids. We really felt led. We felt very strongly that um, we had something more to give. We knew we weren't going to have any more kids, but we wanted to just minister in a different kind of way. And so we decided to do foster care. We went through the, the training. Um, this is something that we kind of had on our hearts for much longer than when we actually decided to go, go ahead and do it. Um, we knew that we wanted our children to have a, a different world, a different view of the world. They, they lived in this... Um, picture-perfect world with a mom and a dad and you know we had been married for years and we go to church and um, we've always had enough for them mm-hmm. um, I, I don't I, they just lived in a picture-perfect world right you could like say they had a pretty perfect childhood exactly and how many kids do you have just we, for the listeners we have two children they are adults now they're married and they have kids of their own I mean I they're know, old adults. enough. I don't yeah. know that they're adults. <laughs> <laughs> They'll never but be adults in my mind. No. But, um, but that's cool. Yeah, yeah. So um, at, at the time that we started foster care, they were, t- I think that our daughter was a in eighth grade, and our son was probably in sixth grade at the time. Mm-hmm. Um, and they unintentionally I think because we raised them with rules and with um, going to church and with these are the things that we do do and these are the things that we don't do an unintentional consequence of that is I think they started looking down their self-righteous noses Mm. um, at at other people who maybe didn't live like we did and rather than seeing that we, we love the people, we just don't love the things that they do. Mm-hmm. And so um, when we got into foster care, I think it was really good for them to see that we still can, we still can love other people, and we could have just as easily been that. We mm-hmm. could have easily been in those people's shoes. 
Anyway, I digress. So we went through the training, and our initially we were like, oh, yes, we're just going to adopt. Um, and then as we went through the foster care training, we realized, no, I don't, I don't know that that's necessarily what we're called to do. We just want to we want to help some kids out. We want to mm-hmm. be a place for them to, to land for a bit. We can share Jesus with them. We can um, love on them for a while. And then hopefully their parents will get them back and um, we can be a support for the family. And um, that kind of was our story for, for a while. Um, and we've, oh, with, with every kiddo that has come through our house, minus... A, minus a couple just that were sh- maybe short shorter term um we've had lasting relationships with mm-hmm. the with the family members um as we got into it i think that we realized that this is not something that we wanted to do just for the kids we wanted to be a support for the whole family yeah and i think that's I don't know a lot of people that have dove into the foster care system um but i think people like you are not a dime a dozen like people like you are hard to find where it's not, you're not going into it for selfish reasons. Or if you start that way, it doesn't turn out that way. And that you want, you know, unification, reunification with the families most of the time. Right. Well, that's, I mean, ultimately that's what's best for these kiddos. The best thing is for, um, for the parents to be able to, to get it together mm-hmm. and um, to get their kids back. Because whatever situation they're going back to, as long as it's safe for them, um, really, they, they want their mom and dad. Yeah. They want and, their parents back. And they don't, they don't see that, you know, getting taken away from their parents, they don't see that as a good thing. Right. And they shouldn't. Right. They want mom and dad because sometimes they don't know that, that they were taken out of a bad situation. Um and so I think it's important that when you are just a temporary, what's that called when you're just temporary or you're just not a wanting respite. to a respite mm-hmm. when you're that person, I think that it's important to let them know we're here and we love you, but mom and dad love you too. And they're just trying to get their story back together. Mm-hmm. Well, and I think it's important even, you know, even when, even when you're fostering long-term to let the kiddos know that, their, their parents love them. Mm-hmm. It's not my, it's not my job to, um, to dog the parents. Right. Um, because they're just, they're in a, they're in a bad, in a bad spot. Mm-hmm. And, um, thank God I'm not. Yeah. You know, I mean, I, I look at some of the, um, some of the parents that we have met and it could have easily, just as easily been me. Mm-hmm. Um, one choice can really um, put put any of us in mm-hmm. that spot. Like we talk about in RU, uh, one compromise, one small compromise can lead to one great disaster. Absolutely. And I think, you know, going back to my, my biological kids, I think that that was one thing that was really important for them to see that their choices throughout their life um, – it, it affects more than just them. Mm-hmm. It affects it affects so many more people. And I hope that through this, number one, I hope that my kids eventually, if 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 the Lord leads them, 
they will somehow be a part of the foster care system. That doesn't mean that they have to foster because we all can be a part of the foster care system, mm-hmm. whether it's um, helping somebody else out. I, I know that um, we're not currently foster parents. We've adopted two kiddos and in our church. I mean, there are people who, who come in and just help us out because I mean, everybody needs help. Mm-hmm. And so we wouldn't have been able to to be on our journey had there not been people that came around and supported us. Mm-hmm. You know, we've we've gotten three kids, what was it, like three years ago at Christmas time? Yep. Just, <laughs> I mean, it was a couple of weeks before Christmas, and all of a sudden we got three kiddos. And, man, the people that came in and just loved on us so we could love on them, um, we wouldn't have been able to do anything that we've done without the help of, and it was our church family. Mm -hmm. Um, But even this past year, you know, we um, did respite for a couple of kiddos, and um, I just had tons of people that that came in and and helped out. So um, if if you're not the person that can actually take kids in, you can always find some way to help, whether it's praying for people who are are Mm -hmm. foster uh, parents, you can help biological parents. There's people who um, are maybe a support for them. There's people who do are drivers and will um, mm-hmm. drive kids to and from their their visits. There's there's a there's a big need out there, and there's not enough people to help. And there's also uh, we worked with this uh, group a couple years ago called Safety Net. And they are a group that helps kids that have aged out of the foster care system, which unfortunately, there's a lot of those. And when you age out, that's it. You're done. Yes. And so if if you have a heart for those kids that age, which is 18 years old, mm-hmm. I mean, at 18, I wasn't ready. And I came from a great home. But I wasn't ready to go out on my own. I needed my parents. And a lot of these kids don't have that. So if you want to get involved in helping them transition you can go to safety net probably i don't know i should have looked up the web address or whatever or even if they're still around i'm sure they are but if you google safety net i'm sure you can find it but it's a really great opportunity to be able to help kids when they age out of the foster system absolutely and you know it's funny because now having um so we adopted for I know you know this, but mm-hmm. we adopted a, a two and three year old last summer. They're now three and four, um, and oh my goodness, I tell you, parenting as a forty year old, <laughs> as a well forty two, but who's counting? Right. Um, as opposed to parenting when I was twenty, oh my goodness, these kids are. <laughs> <laughs> it's different. It's very different. They're fun, but um, it, my my biological kids will many times tell us that we are or my big kids I should say they tell us we we spoil them rotten but I definitely they're like the first grandkids oh yeah yeah (laughs) for sure for sure but you know I've been this this year I've been reading through the bible kind of differently looking at at who God is at who his personality is and it has it's really changed my parenting this Mm -hmm. year um I have seen how merciful God is and that has kind of spilled over into other areas of my life. And I feel like I can, um, I feel like God errs on the side of mercy. And when we're parenting kiddos that have had trauma, um, we do it a little bit differently. Mm-hmm. We, have to, we have to parent differently. And every kid is different, too. And so um, that's kind of, 
I kind of see that through, through the eyes of fostering as well. Mm -hmm. Because I, um, I went into this thinking that I was going to parent, um, these kids or, you know, any kids that came through our house, like, oh yeah, we have this all together. We've, we've, we've done this and, (laughs) and our kids are just, because they were really, I mean, our kids are really good kids. Yeah, they turned and out good. Even having gone through the public school system, they turned <laughs> yes. out really good. Um, only by the grace of God. <laughs> and so, you know, I thought, oh, I've got it all together. I have this parenting thing down. I'll just take these kids and uh, trauma or no trauma. I wasn't even thinking about that. Which I'll there are very, them. very rare, if at all, do you find a child in foster care without trauma? Oh, absolutely. Yeah. And so, well, just being removed from their Mm -hmm. parents alone. I mean, that is, that's traumatic. And so it, you have to do it differently. And I Mm -hmm. feel like I have, I have parented completely different, or I am parenting completely different this time around than I did um, the first time around. So. Good. So what do, if, if somebody is out there and they're considering being a foster parent, what, what, what sort of advice would you have for them? Um, you have to go into it with no expectations at mm-hmm. all, and it definitely has to be a prayerful a prayerful thing. A, you have to bathe it in prayer before you do it because it's hard. It's really, really hard. Mm-hmm. It hurts. What is – there was um, – when we – because we started with the foster care training and then COVID happened, mm-hmm. and there was a phrase that they kept saying – it's the best, hardest thing yes. they've ever done. Yes, yes. That makes total sense. <laughs> yeah, well, I mean, it, it is the best thing we've ever done. This is ministry, full-time ministry. I mean, Caleb is a pastor, um, and we've been in ministry for a long time, but this is the most hands-on. It never. It, it's not like we hang up our hats and we go home and mm-hmm. we can at least rest for a bit. No, it's it's all the time. We are ministering to these kiddos all the time. Um but it's while that it is the best thing, it's also it's so hard. And I don't think the hard is from the kids. No, it's from the system. Mm-hmm. The system is really broken. Yes. And um, they I'm just I'm just going to be honest and I'm just going to talk about the negative side of it, too, because mm-hmm. I don't think it's in, I don't think it's fair to, to tell all of the good things without I'm not going to candy coat it. No, which we don't do on this show. So well, have at it. Here I am. <laughs> Um, you're treated like a glorified babysitter Mm -hmm. so they can have a plan completely together. You have no clue what's going on. And at the drop of a hat, you are planning for, um, adoption. You know, they've, they've led you to think that that's going to happen. And then all of a sudden, um, they take the kiddos away, Mm -hmm. um, and, and put them back with the parents. And, and while I, I am all for reunification, Um, I also want the kiddos to be safe. Right. Reunification, if it's the best thing for the children. Right. Right. And so the, the kids, well, yes, it's exhausting. I mean, I'm, I feel really old. I feel much older (laughs) than I actually think that I am, but, um, it's exhausting, but the kids aren't the hard part. It's Mm -hmm. definitely the system that is the hard part of foster care. So... Yeah, and they also, I think they say reunification, reunification to a fault. Like, I've seen time and time again where bio, bio parents are not ready. They may have checked all the boxes, 
but they are not ready to take those kids. And that's why kids go in and out and in and out. And that is a lot of trauma. Right. And, you know, it's, it is to the detriment of the parent, too. Because mm-hmm. really you're setting them up for failure. Um, why not go full circle? And I understand that there's dates on this and all, but let's, let's hold people to, uh, to a date. Oh, let's you mean hold someone accountable for something? Absolutely. I don't know if the state is cut out to do that. Yes, because I think, you know, some of these some of these biological parents they've been in foster care themselves and mm-hmm. they have never had to like there's been a standard set for them but even if they didn't meet that standard then it's been pushed off and pushed off and pushed off so they they've never stayed true to their word mm-hmm. and so um it's kind of sad because now these parents they've had kids removed from them and they're told you have to do X, Y, Z. But in their mind, they're thinking, but really, do I have to do that? Because, mm-hmm. you know, all these years I've been told I had to do this or, you know, this other thing wasn't going to happen. But I didn't do that. And they still let me do that. Mm-hmm. So I know that's kind of confusing. I'm talking. <laughs> I think they get the gist of it. Yeah. So I don't know. They just don't. They don't. They don't do what they say they're going to do. Right. And there's n- there's not really any consistency. But, I mean, that's just what you find in government programs, unfortunately. Right. Is no consistency. Um, well, this person got away with this. Why can't I do that? Mm-hmm. Take, uh, for instance, bedrooms. Uh, when we had a home study versus when you guys had a home study, the person told us that, you know, you can't have a bedroom on a separate floor. Yep. But they told you something totally different. Because it all depends on your licensor, and it depends on how they interpret the yes. WAC, the Washington mm-hmm. Code or something. I don't right. know what the WAC stands for, but it's wacky, that's for <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> yep. So, yeah, it, it all depends on their interpretation of those rules. There's no set standards. Um, yeah. It's maddening. It's maddening to be a foster parent. Mm-hmm. And I'm not even a foster parent, but I see what what people go through. And I actually, when I was in middle school, I had a friend that was a in foster care, and I went to her house, and it was astonishing the way she was living. This is what blew me away. Is this is what got me into wanting to be a? I've always wanted to foster kids, and so um, because of her living conditions, they were horrible. Like so bad that um, in our, I must have been in my 30s and she came to back to visit and she's like, drive me past Donna's house. Like it was traumatizing, but she wanted to see it and wanted closure. Anyway, when I went through the training, somebody, someone in the class raised their hand and said, what about the bad foster parents? And they shut that down so fast. Oh, no, there aren't any. Yeah. And I'm like, well, no. That's why I'm here, because there are bad parents. And then, of course, everybody had a story of, well, this guy, you know, this pedophile's in prison, but he gets his kid back as soon as he gets out. It's disgusting. So there is a huge need for legit, qualified, loving, and I'm going to say Christian foster parents. And I, I, before I, before I go on to my next little part, um, 
you can also be a guardian ad litem. Mm, Those yes. are definitely needed, and that's somebody who stands up for the kids, and they are the the child advocate. But but on your other thing where you were talking about Christians being foster parents, um, I've heard it said, and this is probably not going to be very PC, so here we go. Nothing um, is here. There <laughs> are there's a lot of people who are like gay, mm-hmm. bisexual, Sodomites. LGBTQ. Mm-hmm. Um, the alphabet people. Yes. So that group of people are choosing to come into the foster care system because as Christians, we're not, we're not, we're not, um, we're not stepping up. Exactly. We're not mm-hmm. stepping up. So they are. Yeah. And so um, unfortunately kids are being raised in not a mother father home mm-hmm. and yeah, so we are dropping the ball. Yeah, in a big as way. we usually do as Christians, unfortunately. <laughs> uh, yeah, there is a huge need. I mean, they have kids living in hotels. Not only are these kids living in hotels, but we as taxpayers, I hate to turn this into a money thing, are paying social workers 24-hour shifts to stay in those hotels with the foster kids. Mm-hmm. That's disgusting. That's despicable. And you know they're not staying at the Grand Hotel. And you know there's not one kid and one person to a room. No, and, and a lot of these kids are also going into um, group homes. Mm-hmm. And that is really unfortunate. You know, I, I met a, um, a foster kid who has since aged out. And um, she had been in foster care for the majority of her life. And she said, and I, I asked her, I said, what can we do differently? Because she had a bad experience. And I said, what can we do differently to... Um, for, for these kids that come in and out of our home to not have them have that same experience. And she said, well, I never had a mother-father experience. Mm. I never had an experience or I was never in a home where I had a mom and a dad. And, he, and she said that the, the couple times that I did, I wasn't really a part of the family. Mm. She said when they went on vacations, they put me in respite and then they went on their vacations or you know, if they were going to do something fun, then they would put me in respite. That's heartbreaking. That is yeah. not what foster care is about. No, when I heard that that was an option, I was like, why on earth would you even be in this program then? Uh, when I bring a kid into my home, and I've done it without fostering or whatever, they're a part of the family. Right. That blows my mind. And I understand people need a break. And yeah. there's extenuating circumstances. Mm-hmm. But quite frankly, the entire time that we have been foster parents, um, and I'm not patting myself on the back, but I'm saying I raise these kids just like I would raise, like I raised my mm-hmm. my big kids. Um, if I don't know you, you're not going to watch my kid. Right. If, if I have anything to say about it. Now, right. I didn't always, uh, we, there were drivers. Mm-hmm. I didn't get a say in that. But um, anytime we had to do respite, the majority of the time it was because um, maybe a, a biological parent didn't want the kids to come with us to where we were going mm-hmm. um, because maybe they didn't want to miss their visit or whatever. Um, but it, w- it definitely wasn't on us because we would have taken them. We've, mm-hmm. we've taken kids on cruises. We've, mm-hmm. I mean, because we want them to experience yep. vacation, to experience what a normal family, you know, goes through. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, but I, all that to say, I understand that there are extenuating circumstances, and maybe you mm-hmm. don't have family around, or you don't, whatever, and you need respite. That's one thing. But when you're going on vacation to not take the kids mm-hmm. with you, 
that's abandonment all over again, even if it's just for a week. Yeah. Yeah, they don't understand that. No. And I don't understand it. And I'm a full-grown adult, mostly. Yeah. Well. (laughs) I mean, I'm not tall enough to be an adult, but whatever. Yeah. Yeah. Um, But did you have a Bible verse that you wanted to throw in here? Um, I thought you did, but maybe not. Well, I was looking it up, and then I thought, I'm just throwing that in just oh. to, to put a <laughs> Just to Bible say you have a Bible. Yeah. Well, you don't have to do that. Yeah. <laughs> we I know. That, well, I know that kids are very important to Jesus, and so yeah. they should be important to us. And Yeah, for sure. So, yeah. Is there any, any last things you wanted to? Well, I guess we still have, I can't do math, three minutes or so. <laughs> three minutes. Anything you want to say to anybody who um, maybe is already into the, like, starting to get their license or anything? Any advice, I guess, for anybody? Well, I would just say just love them. Mm-hmm. I mean, just just love these kids. That's what, that's, that's what they need. They need structure, but more than that, they need love. Um, and... Do everything that you can. If it's safe for you, it's if it's safe for your your biological kids, if you have any, to try and connect with the um, with the parents, because sometimes they're just in a bad situation. They, these aren't bad people. Mm-hmm. Um, they're just people who have they they have some some issues and they have some problems. And nine times out of ten, they there's probably addiction. Mm-hmm. Invite them to our are you? Um, yeah. And uh, the majority of of uh, biological families that we have have started coming to church with us, mm-hmm. and yeah, they get to see their kids. And I initially thought that was the primary motivation, but who cares if that's the primary motivation? If they're getting as long as you talk to the social worker, I'm not telling you to do something that that you shouldn't do and that's not safe for the kids, but. They get to learn about Jesus, and ultimately Jesus is the only one that is going to change their situation. Mm-hmm. Um, and, yeah, I think that's the best advice I can give is really support the parents because if you love these kids, you're going to love their parents too. And you're going to really want what's best for them, even if that is maybe not being with you yeah. forever. And I would say, like you said at the beginning, don't have any expectations. You did say that, right? think I did. It feels right. <laughs> well, if you didn't, you should. Don't have any expectations because you never know. You've had the rug jerked out from under you before, and I yep. had to watch it from a distance so that I didn't yeah. chop Snap. somebody's head off with an axe. <laughs> you know, but, but ultimately that, that it hurts. It hurts so bad. It's such a hard pain, mm-hmm. but ultimately the right, the right thing happened. Um, yeah. For, for all I know. Right. And I, and I have to, I have to believe that God knows what he's doing. Yeah. And his plan is better than my plan. His ways are higher than mine. Mm-hmm. And so, um, if I believe what I say, I believe, which is that God is in control ultimately, then, um, he loves these kiddos more than I do. And he is, he's going to take care of it mm-hmm. and he's going to, um, do the best thing for them, even if I don't see it this side of heaven. Yep, I agree. Well, thank you for coming on and talking about this. I, I don't think it gets enough airtime because the foster care system is a joke. 
and we need more people like you and Christians. We need to step up. Otherwise, these kids are going to be raised in LGBTQ homes, and that is not okay with me. And we need politicians to stand up and change yes. the foster care system. Yep, that's where, yes, that's where it starts. We'll start a protest, okay? All right. <laughs> All right, thanks again, and don't forget out there, rem don't forget and remember, be sober, be vigilant. Goodbye. To the old me. Goodbye.